excuse me while I just gain, gain my composure. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, um, but I find uh, that when you listen to stories like that, there's something inside of you that kind of clicks, or the, the, at least for me, that clicks. And, and when, I, when I hear people speak those words, right, that there's something about that moment and, and, and just the, the, the verbal confession uh, to say that this is who Jesus is and this is who I am in light of Jesus, right? There's something inside of me that clicks with this resounding yes, right? This is the way that life is supposed to be. And, and we're designed to worship and, and I think that that means then we're designed to celebrate, right? Like who God is and what he is doing. Uh, and as even that was just it was really so eloquently worded, like it's, it's, it's not about what we do, it's about what he has already done for us and allowing that to impact. And so I hear those stories and, and, and I just, I celebrate and I rejoice. I go, yes, that's the way that it is supposed to be. It's intrinsic to the way that we are created in our creator to celebrate these stories, and we know, I think that we know when something is right. But there's also a truth, I think, that, that we also know uh, when something isn't right, when something seems to be out of order or, or something seems to be wrong. Many, many years ago, um, I um, was on a grocery uh, list in Denver. I think my wife had given me like, you know, five items, and I tend to be uh, a... Um, I don't know, I just tend to go buy whatever I want, right? So I have five things on my list, and then I get there, and I'm the guy who they're like, do you need a cart? I'm like, no, and then I leave with like 12 things in my arms, right? Because I just I impulsively grab things. like, oh, that would be really good. I want that. Um, and so one day I remember um, I was at this grocery store, and, and I saw this package um, of like, like homemade pad thai, you know, or something like that. And I thought, man, that sounds really good. I haven't had pad thai in forever. So I'm going to grab that, and then I'm going to make that tonight, and so I took it home, and in, in, my, uh, in my haste, in my hunger, as I was ripping through the package, I, I didn't realize that I had torn through all of the instructions. Has anybody else ever done this? Right? You, like, you look at it, you're like, oh, shoot. And then, like, so every time I was following a step, I had to go back, and I had to, like, reline re up the plastic. Right? And it's just this paper thin, and it's really weird. And so I remember um, I got to the ingredient of salt, and what I read was, this requires one cup of salt. And I, and I thought to my, you're, you're right, you're totally right. And I thought to myself, I'm not that dumb. I thought to myself, that, that can't be right. Like, there's, there's no way that this requires, this is a one package serving, there's no way. And so what I did is I relined it back up and I thought, yeah, you know what, it says one cup. And so then what did I do? I went and I grabbed a cup and I took it to the salt and I thought, you know what, this still doesn't seem right. And so I set it down and I went and I relined it back up again. And I thought, man, sure enough, it says one cup. And so then I went and I took it and I filled the cup with salt and I thought, wow, that is a ton of salt. And so I set it down again and I relined it up. I said, there's no way. It says this requires one cup of salt. So I thought, okay, well, I'll just do it. And so what I do, I dumped it into this boiling water, right? And I, I fulfill all of the steps, uh, and it smells delicious. And as I pull it off of the, the stove, right, I pull it off, I put it in this bowl, and it's piping hot, and I take it to sit at the table, and I think, man, I'm so going to enjoy this. 
And, and, I, and I grabbed my fork, and I, and I put it, and I touched my lips, and immediately I thought, this is not right. <laughs> and, and, and I tried to power through like four bites, thinking I just spent how much money on this? I should eat it. And I, kept, and I was like, no, I can't do it. And I threw it all away. <laughs> Because something wasn't right, like it just wasn't, it wasn't right. And I think that sometimes we do this in our spiritual lives as well. Okay, now follow me here for a second, because um, I think that there is this peace inside of us that sometimes is like we're picking up that cup and going, gosh, like does, does my spiritual life really call for a cup of salt, right? And we have this hint that maybe something in my life as I'm trying to follow Jesus, there, there might be this something that's nagging at me, bugging me, going, this is just, it feels off. It doesn't feel quite right. And yet, what we do is we just, we dump it in and we eat it anyways. Do, do you get that? Like, sometimes I think that we, that we just do that in our spiritual lives as well. We have this hint that something might be wrong, and yet we make it and we eat it and we go, man, this doesn't quite feel quite right. In fact, I think there's this question that as I have talked to people over the course of my ministry career, of uh, all of the books that I've read, all of the study that I've done, there is this question that oftentimes comes up in people's hearts, and it's this question, is there something more? Like, there's got to be something more to, to me than, than, than the Christian life, than me just showing up at church on Sundays, just picking up my Bible, or whatever it is. Like, there's got to be something more. In fact, uh, this verse comes to mind, right, is when you look at Jesus' own words, he's talking about Satan, and he says, the thief, right, this is his mission, is to come only to steal and kill and destroy, right? That's his whole purpose. That's his mission. And yet Jesus is, is offers something reciprocal, right? He says, he says that I came though instead, really, that they may have a life and have it abundantly. And so, so many times um, in, in churches that I even hear about mega pastors or mega churches with, with pastors who in the candor of a small environment will confess even though our church seems to have everything right and to be growing massively, they will say in these moments to say, we're, we're missing something. There's something that's off about our church. And I, and I wonder if what's, what's at the core of this, as many authors have really kind of, kind of tried to, to pull that thread at, is that there's these disciple-making relationships that we're missing. That, we, that the church tends to be this, this, this programmed church, and yet there's this intentional investment of disciple-making relationships that, that oftentimes we say that we love, and yet we don't get to experience. And so um, when I think about um, our mission statement, right, here's our mission statement. Um, and if we were to put this at the front, right, the bottom is the mission statement, but a mission statement is about um, really why we exist, and so if we were to say, like, it's not just about why we exist, this is about who we want to be. So at Salem, we exist. We, what we really want is to be people who are living lives of love with God and in community and on mission. Right? And we know that, that lives of love extends beyond Sundays and beyond Wednesdays and beyond programs. Right? It's, this, it's this much more big and much more holistic lifestyle uh, that we are ultimately called to. Right? And so if that's a driving force for our church, it really should be a driving force for me as an individual, for each of us as individuals. We go, this is, this is in part why we exist. If we can put it into words, Right? We want to be people who live lives of love with God in community and on mission. And so we started the Cave Table Road series back in January, really coming into a new year with this simple question, 
What if there was an easy way for me to assess my walk with Jesus? What if, there's, what if there's an easier way for me to assess my spiritual walk uh, with Jesus? And so, by the way, I'm going to do my best to not fall in this water. We started this series, right? Um, and we're calling it Cave Plus Table Plus Road. And so what we have up here, right, is if we were just to do this little image, right, that's, that's the cave, at the top. And the cave represents for, for us this place where we, we withdraw from the busyness of the world uh, and, and we find a space that is isolated for, between me and God where I can engage in this authentic conversation um, with my Creator, right? This personal, authentic conversation, which is absolutely incredible that that is even feasible, right? But then you also have down here, you also have, you know, what we call maybe the table. And the table uh, is, is where that, that relationship extends, right, um, into our friends and our family. And so it's where we eat physical meals, it's where we eat spiritual meals together, um, but it's ultimately where we have this authentic conversation together uh, as a community. And it's really, so they really, I guess in a lot of ways, um, symbolizes the people that we are intentionally calling to invest in our lives together. And a primary space of that is just struggling well, right? As Jamie even eloquated in hers, right, is that, gosh, we just, none of us have like perfect pasts and we need to be able to, to talk about our struggles, right? So, but then you also have this last one, which is, right, the road. And you have these like little, you know, footprints uh, in there. Um, that represent like us walking along the path. And so the road really is, is where we engage in authentic conversation with the world, okay? So we have these different things, which by the way, um, this is a fun thing to think through because like this last week, um, as I think through my cave time, like the amount of times I, I just was able to sit and just talk with God. Um, as I think about the table, um, as I think about the table, I go... Um, Nikki and I, my wife and I, had uh, uh, Jared and Heidi Denuser over for like a little like decaf coffee day, and we just talked about life, and it was incredible. We had this table time, and on Friday, I had the opportunity and privilege um, to go with Brian Vidger and to do Meals on Wheels. And so we had this little table time in the car, and yet then as we were like in the, the front of doors talking to people and engaging with people um, out on the road, and it was this incredible, incredible opportunity. Um, and so when I look at this, I go, this was Jesus' rhythm. This, by the way, is my portrayal of Jesus. I just, I, he's bald because I don't know how to do hair on stick figures very well, uh, although Jesus did come to, to the least, and so maybe that's true. Um, you know, and so, but these are Jesus' rhythms, cave, table, uh, and road. But I want you to check this out. These are not just Jesus' own rhythms. It's also his prayer for the church. So check this out in John 17, right? John 17, 1, he says, when Jesus had spoken these words, what does he do? He lifts up his eyes to heaven, and he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you. So this is a moment of prayer, right? This is a cave time moment for Jesus, and it's all centered around the mission that his father has given him, and in this moment, this hour has come for him to, to give up his life, right? So there's this, there's this cave moment, and then this next verse in John 17, 9 that says, this is a table moment. I am praying for them. He's talking about his disciples. I am not praying for the world, right? He's just, 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 you know, between you and me, I'm praying for my disciples, but for those whom you have given me because, right, for they 
are yours. But then he adds this in, in John 17, 15, this, this just a few verses later. He says, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one, right? And so Jesus' prayer for his, for his table, for his, these relationships of people that he's been investing in and doing life together and allowing to struggle well around him um, as, as they engage life, right, is that he says, I don't want you to take them out of the world, right? They need to be in the world because I have a mission for them, but, but they need protection, right, that you keep them from the evil one. So there's these table moments, and then you also have this last one, which is a road. And so just a few verses later, in, in 1720, he says, I do not ask for these only. So he changes from his disciples to the world. And he says, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, right? So this is like, it's not just Jesus' rhythm, it's his prayer for the church, right? This is his prayer for the church, and so if I were to come back to our board here for a little bit, right, as I think through um, our mission statement, which if you got, I was going to bring one of my mugs and I forgot it, but if you ever got one of those Salem mugs, right, it doesn't talk about um, this idea of with God and community and on mission. It just starts with these words, living lives of love. And so there's something to say about the mission of Salem that has these three environments in it, cave, table, road. It has these environments in it, but it, it's rooted in love. And we, so we forget sometimes, or maybe I forget, that, that Jesus, you know, before he, be, he became fully God, fully man, he was out here somewhere, and he entered in into this sphere, into this place, right, that we would call earth, Right? Earth is this, you know, like little pea-shaped planet among the entire solar system. And yet, Jesus, because he loved us, right, he gave up equality with God as something to be grasped, and he enters into this space knowing that the only way to solve for the brokenness of humanity is actually to die on a cross. And so all of a sudden, we look at this and we go, gosh, this was Jesus' mission all along. And then when you check out this, this next verse, it makes me think of this verse in 2 Corinthians 5.14. And it says, for Christ's love compels us. By the way, this is in the context of, of, of Paul in, in 2 Corinthians 5 talking about how Jesus' mission ultimately was to reconcile um, man and God. And so this then he's going to tell us we need to be reconcilers or ministers of reconciliation as we go into the world. And it's this love right here that actually compels us. And so if I come back to this, right, it's the same love that compels us into the cave and compels us into the table and it compels us onto the road which ultimately will lead me back to the cave. Do you see these rhythms? Do, do you get what's happening here? And the way that like at Salem, our mission is rooted in this love but there is this, this life, uh, this living life mentality that is day in and day out, over and over and over. This is the mission that we have that, that drives us and so, as I think through, as I think through the course of this next year, and I just want to just pause for a second, um, because I want to cast a small vision 
Um, and this is what Ken was kind of referring to. So let's just assume that we are right here, okay? So wherever that is, you know, somewhere along here. Um, this is today. Now, we believe, I believe that wholeheartedly that there will come a time when there is a one unique vision uh, for Salem, that, that what happens was starting here, that as elders and as staff were moving towards this idea of thinking through vision, and over time, we will get to a place, I believe, that God will say, this is our one unique vision for Salem, okay? And I go, gosh, let's get excited about that because that's an incredible, incredible thing. But I will also say this, like, just because our church has a vision isn't a band-aid, right? Like, this isn't something I can just slap on and go, this is going to solve all of my problems. And so, what if, what if we on our way to this one unique vision, what if we, what starts right here today, began to embrace with greater frequency cave, table, and road? You see, because I think that as much as it's true that God has one unique vision for Salem, He has one vision for each of us as Christians, as disciple makers who live in this world. And I go, gosh, what if on our way to this, we embraced this more and more each day? Cave, table, road, right? Enter into these rhythms. And I go, if, if we can do that, we go, man, we want to continue to celebrate what God is doing in the lives of people in this way. And so what we're going to do is we're going to launch really kind of today what we're calling um, this, this little lowercase vision, um, 2021 on 221. And that 221 uh, stands for, right, 2021, and today is February 21st. And so what we would like to do is moving forward is go, gosh, we want to see how fast as a Salem congregation, whether you're in person or online or whatever, how fast we can collectively together get to 2,021 connections starting today. And what we're going to do is that on this new website, there's going to be a button that, that you can go and you can click. And, and as you click on it, it will say cave plus table plus road connections. And it will say, what's your name? If you want to do that, it's optional. Um, it'll say, what's your type of connection? How many connections? Uh, and then it says there's an optional story. If you'd like to share a story about something and you go, gosh, like this is what happened this week in the cave or this is what happened this week in the table. This is what happened this week in the road and I want to share it. And then there will be a little box on the bottom that says, do you want this to be shared or do you mind? And then what we'll do starting next week is as we collect these, Ken in his announcement time will select um, a number of them and he will read them as a part of our welcome. And it will just be our way of saying, gosh, we're going to continue to celebrate. In the midst of a hard year, we're going to celebrate, celebrate, celebrate who God is and what he's doing in the lives of people. So I want to give you a few examples, but as I do that, I'm just going to invite the worship team uh, to come up and, uh, and to kind of get ready. But So you might go, okay, so what, what are some examples of, of Cave Table Road? Okay, so maybe, maybe for Cave, maybe it's this. Foundationally, Cave starts with prayer and God's Word. And so maybe you, you are engaged in, in a moment. Maybe you're just like, I don't pray a whole lot, but this week I'm going to pray. And so you go, that's a connection for me, and I can record that. And by the way, this isn't prideful. 
This isn't about us like, like boosting your ego. This is about us celebrating. This isn't about me boosting my ego. It's about celebrating who God is and what he's doing. And so maybe it's prayer. Maybe it's studying God's word. Um, maybe um, you like to journal. Maybe you like to sketch and to draw, and that's an act of worship for you. And so just sitting and drawing. Maybe um, pulling your guitar out and playing. Um, you know, maybe it's going for a walk, listening to a podcast, any of those things, we leave it up to you. There's no micromanaging. We just go, gosh, whatever is a cave moment for you, would you be intentional to record it and to send it in? And you don't have to give any details, but just send it in. Uh, a table. Uh, maybe a table um, is just you using your time as a family around, the, around a dinner table and just talking intentionally. You know, maybe it's your life group that meets, whether it's on Zoom or in person. Um, maybe you're at home and, and COVID prevents you from any of that. And so maybe it's just picking up the phone and calling someone to say, hey, how's your day going? How can I encourage you? Uh, maybe it's just sending a text. Maybe it's any of those things. Maybe um, it's, it's really just anything that helps build authentic community. And so it could be anything in there. And the last ones um, are, are the idea of road. And, and road, um, there's so many options. And I would just start with this. 40 days of prayer, I think, is the easiest, most simple, uh, and, and potentially most powerful way that we can enter into road moments. And if you would intentionally write down some names of people to say, these are the people that I am praying over, right? Like, that's a road thing. Just prayer for someone who doesn't know Jesus. That's road. Maybe... Maybe when you drive home, you have a neighbor who the most you ever see is their garage door going up and their garage door going down. <laughs> Does anybody ever have one of those neighbors? Maybe you have one of those neighbors and all of a sudden you have this one moment, you see them outside and all it is is a hello. Hey, it's good to see you. That's a road. <laughs> Right? That's incredible. Maybe it's just something as simple as that. Maybe it's asking the barista, how was your week? Right? Uh, maybe it's any of those things. Just what are your road moments? and collect them, and send them in. And, and you don't need to do it every day, you don't need to do it every time you do it, that would be annoying. So really just, just do it once a week, if that's what it takes. Think and just generalize, like these are the amount of connections. We, go, we wanna see how fast we can get to 2021 connections, which shouldn't take that long, really. Let's celebrate together. Which, by the way, can I tell you that as a staff and as an elder board, together, as we process through this, we go, we would never ever ask you to do something that we're not gonna champion. And so we're going to lead the way, and we're going to do it with you, because we believe in these rhythms as we move towards uh, what God has called us to do. And so let me, uh, let me close in prayer. Father, this, this idea, as silly as it may sound, is, is bringing tears to my eyes. Because I think, gosh, gosh, what would, it, what would it look like if we as a church embraced these things wholeheartedly? To say as we're moving towards this one unique God vision, whatever that is and whenever it is, that we would find ourselves embracing on a personal level the rhythms of Jesus and the prayer for his church. Because we can program all day long and we can work towards vision all day long if we want to. But apart from us as individuals embracing the lifestyle of Jesus, it will be moot. 
And so, Lord, would you stir in us this overwhelming sense that, that God, you are so good to us and, and that we would be compelled to draw close to you in the cave and that we would be compelled to draw close to others around the table and that we would be compelled to talk to people in this world who have yet to hear your truth. Lord, we believe wholeheartedly that at the center of this church is Jesus and the cross. Everything that was accomplished for us, whether it's from, uh, for us as, as being a newborn Christian to our first baptism, or if we're, you know, 50 years down the road, the center of who we are and what we're about and what we're called to do is Jesus. And so, Lord, we love you. In your name we pray.